and look out at the sea. There's nothing in front of you but until you come to the North Pole. Oh, my goodness. Um, and so we've lived there all our lives. Yvonne and I have been married 47 years in July. Wow. And uh, we've only ever lived in two houses. So, um, yeah, we're, we don't move around a lot in Scotland. Did you guys meet in college or was it like... No, no, we met at the Saturday night dance. Oh. When uh, Yvonne was 17. Oh my goodness. And uh, we just celebrated, we got engaged 50 years ago. It was in wow. June, I think it was. So we were thinking about that time and um, I... I got saved as a little boy i used to go to church on sunday morning mm -hmm. and then i would go to a bread and, and then sunday school after that then i went to a brethren church uh, in the afternoon that's where i got saved um and but there was no discipleship so yeah you you, you know there was no growing in your faith right and then um it wasn't until we got married that yvonne moved to my hometown which is a mile away from where we live now you know it's two little towns together one called Banff where we live now mm -hmm. and we and we started off living in Macduff that's my hometown and uh, it was uh, it we, she started to come to the church that I went I, I can't remember a time of ever not going to church mm -hmm. um, there was maybe a couple of years between 18 and 21, I didn't go so regular mm -hmm. uh, and stuff and was a bit more, you know, into the world, if you like. Mm -hmm. But then when we got married, we went to church pretty regular. And uh, then um, she got, Yvonne started to go to Bible studies um, amongst some retired teachers. Yvonne was, was a math teacher herself. And so... Um, it was during that time she picked up the book The Cross and Switchblade. Yes, David and, Wilkerson. Yeah. yeah, and she read that book, got saved, got filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh, my goodness. A bunch of YWAMers came to an even smaller village of, of uh, 1,200 people not far from us, and YWAM had just moved into Scotland, mm -hmm. and so... Um, um, this was their first outreach to this village. Wow. Yvonne met them. She was pregnant with our first daughter, uh, Leslie, and then she, she got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then, of course, she came and confronted me. She's that kind of lady. Yeah. <laughs> she, you know, I don't know any other ladies that would be like that. But uh, so she was confronting me then. Um, you say you're a Christian, but you're not really very enthusiastic, wow. are you? So, as as I always say, I picked up this phrase from a friend, um, we never fight in our house. Mm -hmm. Never, ever fight. But we do have intense fellowship sometimes. <laughs> so, we had a little intense fellowship that day. Yes. And it was a Sunday uh, afternoon that that happened mm -hmm. and sunday evening i left for the sea she had given me a new testament that i would read um, to make me more enthusiastic right and so i was reading the new testament that sunday uh, that monday going across the north sea i was about halfway between norway and scotland and um and i read john 15 
Wow. Any branch in me, verse 6, that doesn't bear fruit, he cuts it off. Yeah. And he throws it in the fire. And the only thing I could do is... it was like a fear of God experience in my life. Wow. I knew that I was a believer, but I knew I wasn't bearing any fruit for the Lord. And I had this fear of God experience. The little New Testament grew red hot in my hand. Mm-hmm. I threw it down, couldn't pick it up. And I just knew, I knew Psalm 139 to be absolutely true, that even if I go to the remotest part of the sea, yeah. he's there. Right. Came home that weekend, and um, we were praying. We met with these YWAMers and asked them questions, how you hear God's voice mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. And then um, we went to bed, and we were good Presbyterians back then, you know. <laughs> and and, uh, and so, um, you know, I'm, we're lying in bed praying, and all of a sudden, because I was really quite shy and very reserved, um, I started to shout, hallelujah, praise the Lord, at the top of my voice. In bed. In bed. And then I started to vibrate. This is before Toronto, you know, and any of these things (laughs) happening. I'm lying in bed vibrating, and this hand is red, this arm's red hot. Oh, my goodness. What is going on here? And then all of a sudden, the room filled with a brilliant light, and I had a blinding light experience in my bedroom. Wow. And what God didn't tell me was that he had really, he had baptized me in the Holy Spirit that Mm -hmm. night Mm -hmm. and never even asked me. No soft music. Right. Nobody telling me that. No invitation. No no invitation. (laughs) Nobody saying, we're not going to embarrass you, you know, and all that stuff. God did it and I'm lying in bed. And what did your wife think? She is think well, I'm 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 having this experience. Right. She's lying in, in bed very pregnant. Yeah. And I'm thinking, It's Jesus. This must be Jesus coming to take me home or something. <laughs> you know, and she said, You are going nowhere. I'm having right. a baby. You know? <laughs> you have to say. That's <laughs> so amazing. We had this experience and my my, in my journey, I always wanted to hear God's voice. Mm-hmm. And this Y1 friend, who was my first father in the Lord, he's, he just went to heaven a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he, said, he said to me, one of the ways that you hear God's voice is by reading God's word. Mm-hmm. And so everything settled down. And we're lying there, and I just remembered, if you read God's voice, if you read God's word, you'll hear God's voice. Mm-hmm. And so I put on the light at, at the bedside. Yvonne said, what's going on? What, what's happening now? I said, oh, I'm just about to hear God speak to me. If you read the word, you'll hear God speak to you. That's right. And uh, so I opened it up, and we were doing every day with Jesus readings, you know. And so I opened it up, and it was Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Finally then, find your strength in the Lord. Wow. Put on all the armor that God provides. Um. And that was it. Went to the Presbyterian church the next day. And I wanted to shout. I wanted to, you know, um, just God winks in our day of ignorance, you know. I'd heard that Pentecostals swing from the chandeliers, you know. And I wanted to have a go. There was two lights that hung down, and I wanted to swing on them. I was just... So excited. I was changed. I was different. And, I mean, I went from... 
shyness to a boldness came into my heart that day. And I didn't know what it was. I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, as I, I sometimes say when I give my testimony, that the only thing I knew about the Holy Spirit was when the minister would say, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I could go home for lunch. Right. That was it. <laughs> so um, there we were, and the start of a journey that was different for us both. Mm -hmm. um, and just so thankful to the Lord. Yeah. We went from there, and we went to YWAM in 89. Wow. Um, and did a discipleship training school there. Where where was the water? That was in the south of England, a place okay. called uh, Homestead Manor. And uh, so we did that for four months, went on outreach for a month to Barcelona. Wow. And, uh, and yeah, that was a great experience. And it was in October 1979 that they sent the prophet into the school, you know. Um, a bit like what I do in the training schools now. Mm-hmm. And this prophetic guy came into the school. His name is um, um, Tony Fitzgerald. Mm -hmm. And he came in, and he's walking around praying for people, about 50 of us in the room. And everybody, because I didn't know what a prophet was. Right. So, um, and, and you know, and they said, oh, the prophet's coming in. He sees all your sins. And <laughs> I said, oh, my goodness, I better be nice to you, Vaughn, then, you know. And and so we're we've got this little baby girl Leslie by this time, and uh, and so we're in this room, and he walks up to me and he said, "Have you ever prophesied?" I said, "No," and uh, and he said, "Why?" And if you'd seen the little bubble, you know the thoughts right. going on. I'm a Presbyterian. Yeah. We don't do that. We don't prophesy. Yeah. So. Um, he then led, uh, and he said, why? I said, I don't know why. Mm -hmm. So he, he then laid hands on me, and I fell on the ground. Oh, my goodness. So I'm lying on the ground, and he points at me like this. When I tell you, you will prophesy. So I'm sitting on the floor. Mm -hmm. I said, well, how do I do that? Mm -hmm. Now, I had heard some people going, thus saith the Lord. Right. You know, a little intonation on the voice, yeah. <laughs> you know, just sounding a little bit Oh, right. I mean, just right. trying to make it really sound good. But none of that was working for me. And then a few minutes, well, it was a little while later, he's praying for a guy at the other side of the room. And he said, right, you get over here and prophesy over this guy. I remember walking across the room, laying hands on the guy, and I prophesied. God just gave me a word in the moment. Mm -hmm. About the guy. About the guy, yeah. He carried that prophecy around in his wallet for a long time after that, wow. And as I say to people, well, a lot, guy laid hands on me in 1979, and I prophesied, and I've never stopped doing it since. And that was your introduction to... That was my introduction to the pro to prophecy. The only other thing was that there was a, one of the leaders in YWAM, and we were in this big old country house in the south of England, you know, and... and Every time I would pass him in the corridor, he would say, oh, here's the prophet from the north. Wow. And I'm thinking, what on earth are you talking about? I can remember going back to the room that we stayed in. I said, Yvonne, there's that guy again. And he's talking about a prophet from the north. Yeah. I said, I'm not making a prophet in this place. Yeah. My fishing boat's up north, and I'm here. I'm stuck here. <laughs> you know, so that was where I was. 
And I just can't even believe this. So you got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then you basically found out you were a prophet, not on accident, but without much, you weren't seeking it. No, no. And the Lord just told you that's who you were. Yeah. But you obeyed it. You began to walk in it. That's right. So did you start studying prophets from the Old Testament and the New Testament and what the gift was, or was it more practice as you go? Well, it was really practice as I, as I, uh, I would go along. Mm-hmm. You know, I can remember my first word of knowledge, mm-hmm. and it was, um, you know, we were treasure hunting. Yes, I love and, treasure hunts. And everyone likes to think that treasure hunting is something new and yes. was maybe came invented in a church somewhere else yes. in California. Yeah. But actually, it's in the Bible. Yeah. And uh, if you look at Acts 9, um, um, Ananias treasure hunted Saul of Tarsus. If you look at Acts 10, Cornelius treasure hunted Peter, Peter yeah. Simon Peter. That is, so maybe the Holy Spirit thought of treasure hunting. That was the start of two great ministries. Mm-hmm. The ministry of the Apostle Paul and the ministry of the church to the Gentiles. That's why we're sitting here today. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So my first word of knowledge was we were praying for Barcelona in Spain. We're going to be going there in outreach. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's no big deal, but I'm praying away there with a bunch of people and I said, I just get the name Jose, you know? And, uh, yeah, the look, few of them looked at me and said, yeah, of course, you will get the name Jose in Spain. Right. And, and uh, you know, Spanish people tend to have very dark hair. Yeah. And I said, well, but this Jose has got blonde hair. And I see this guy, and he's kind of lost his way and and, and stuff, and, uh, um, and, you know, gonna look gonna pray for him and we'll meet him in in spain you know Mm -hmm. and so we were in the big uh, central square um, in in barcelona one day someone said hey blonde-haired jose is standing over here we're talking to him right Mm -mm. now and so it doesn't half encourage you yes when that happens yes so you went over did you talk to him Yeah. yeah yeah can't remember if we came to the lord or not but you know that was uh, also very key mm-hmm. to um, you know learning about the Lord and and how how to walk in the supernatural. Mm-hmm. And in 1984, when I went to India, I went with a a guy who is a prophet. His name's Derek Brown. Comes from south of England, mm-hmm. and um, and he was the guy that mentored me in the prophetic a lot. And, Wow. We saw ma- a major move of God during that time, or the start of one in India. You know, we were, and and I learned so much mm-hmm. from these early trips there, on deliverance and different things. Wow. Okay, so I kind of want to know the journey. You were in the Presbyterian Church when you got filled with the Holy Spirit. How did you jump to your own church? What was that transition like? Well. <clears throat> Yeah, we went away one, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, our minister just didn't really agree with what we were doing, but we knew it was God. Right. Um, we didn't know anything about submission to authority back then. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we weren't really doing it out of rebellion. Uh-huh. We were doing it because we th- felt we'd heard God. Right. So, uh, so we did that. Then when we came back from YWAM, 
we were different. Things had changed. Right. And um, the minister wanted us to fit back in, but we were going to have to deny the fact that what we believe now is part of salvation is, you know, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that had become such an important part of our lives. So um, it was going to be awkward if we were talking to other people, and it might have caused division. We didn't want to do that. Right. So um, in May 1980, we left the Presbyterian Church and then we had to travel about 18 miles to a, another church, a, a more charismatic church okay. uh, back then. So we did that. And I became an elder there and did a lot of ministry around that church for about a, a year or so. But then we found it just wasn't fitting mm-hmm. where we were at, really. Um, and uh, so there was just some things that we we couldn't agree with happening, mm-hmm. and uh, so we 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 left that church. We were back home by this time. We had gathered about twenty people midweek in our own home. Wow! And so me and another guy, he's ninety-seven now. He lives in a different place, but name's Alan Parsons. We started the church together. Um, and, uh, you know, we've been working since 1981 in this little village. Mm-hmm. So it and and it was, you know, when, yeah, that was when I sold my fishing boat and um, and uh, we started the work then. So you you launched into full time ministry yeah. at that point. Were you speaking like as a speaking pastor or were you there? Well, I was trying to. Okay. I would hate to go through some of my messages yeah. now. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they were pretty dire. I don't know how people managed to stay with it. But, you know, we, I always remember one of these guys, fathers in the Lord, um, I said, what do I do? I'm supposed to be a pastor. This guy said, read your Bible. Mm-hmm. Just read your Bible. Mm-hmm. And I never, ever forgot that. Just read your Bible, mm-hmm. and God will speak to you. And... Uh, so and then I remember picking up a tract. Um, I I don't think I ever read it through. It's a little booklet thing, and it it was called the School of the Holy Spirit. Oh wow! And um, and I knew that I was on a journey with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, and of course I wanted to teach my friends, you know, the church mm-hmm. on the Holy Spirit. So. I got hold of some tapes of a friend of mine who was teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. I transcribed them and I preached them to the church. And that was the launching pad to where we're at today, I think. Wow. Um, and then another friend who we all worked in the same circles, you know. Yeah. Um, he was doing some special meetings and, and I invited myself to his church that weekend <laughs> just to try and learn more about the word of knowledge yeah how to do things so back then you had to search it out you had right. to travel for it if you wanted it you have to travel and get it mm-hmm. it's not going to land on a plate for you yeah i and i it, think that's so different than right now because yeah, i feel like these yeah, things are yeah circulated it more. wasn't all instant mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. no cell phone yeah no internet or anything so you had to really sit down and study it um and and stuff so but it's been a great journey it's been a great journey we've and you know not without its hardships of mm-hmm. course mm-hmm. 
Um, but uh, yeah, it's all part of serving the Lord. I love hearing you say um, so much reading the Bible because even after the brief time I've spent with you, I feel like it just comes out of you. You you know, you say Isaiah differently than I do. How do you <laughs> but you just know so many passages and it it is it was it was quickening to my faith even being with you last night and I was spending time with the Lord this morning and thought like I've got to know this thing better like I I feel like I can think I know it and then you're around someone who breathes it and you're like I need I want to live like that too because it's just that one word um I felt like even being with you last night it was so helpful because I can get so in my own little world and it was such a privilege to spend time with you because it felt like the Lord just like stirred my heart again for him in a totally new way and in the the missions way. So I feel like for our church to even spend time hearing this podcast, like I love the testimony of when you got saved and the age you were because it gives me hope. I'm like, man, when I'm 70, Mm -hmm. I'm going to know the Lord (laughs) so much better than I do right now. And I and I want to follow in your footprints, mm. and so. And, and what one? You know what used to motivate me? What? Because back in the day, it was all Smith Wiggles. It was all these generals. Yeah. You know, yes. we used to not God's generals the book, but we used to see them as generals. Mm-hmm. And my fathers in the Lord grew up under John G. Lake, mm-hmm. um, looking for the supernatural. Mm-hmm. Smith Wigglesworth. And, of course, we were reading all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And Smith Wigglesworth was 58 when he started his ministry. Was he really? And all through my 40s, I'm, 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 I'm not there yet. <laughs> but by the time I'm 58, maybe I'll have yeah. a ministry, you know. Yes. So maybe by the time I'm 78, I'll have a ministry. I don't know. Yeah, no, but, you have uh, a ministry. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes. We... Um, and and that was one of my goals, mm-hmm. you know, to, and because he was one of the heroes of the faith, mm-hmm. a great man of God. Yeah, and Smith Sinako yeah. is named after and, him. And I, I can always remember prayed a very very daring prayer one time, mm-hmm. in the midst of learning and and studying and praying, um, I remember picking up my Bible and and opening my Bible, and saying to the Lord, Lord, if the words of this book don't become alive to me. I don't want to read it. I need it to become alive to me. Yeah. And of course, of course, I learned that that the word had to be in you for it to become alive. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's so great. Well, you tell us because you've met Jimmy Seibert, who is the leader. You say the apostolic leader yeah. of the Antioch movement. Can mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit about that and the story how you got involved with Antioch? Well, um. We had this team come to our church in late uh, uh, 89, 89, yeah, 89. In the summer of 89, this team from Texas came. Uh, Another one of our our, uh, leaders, um, well-known missionaries, uh, Kurt Mailer, Mm -hmm. he was on that same team. Okay. And, uh, and, And so they came, and I remember Laura, Jimmy's wife, was pregnant with her first child. Wow, with Abby, yes. Yeah, back then. And uh, so, yeah, that's when we met. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know what happened, but we just seemed to, just something happened in the spirit, Mm -hmm. I think, is is how I would term it. There was a link heart to heart. Mm -hmm. Between you and Jimmy. Between us, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then he met me the next year. 
and um, you know there was different things happening in, in the church that he was part of Highland Baptist Church mm -hmm. and so he was asking questions about his ministry and should would the you know a new pastor would it was it all going to work out and I remember saying to him I said well I think probably you're going to have to start a church and no 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 I'm not going <laughs> to and then and I said well if you start a church I'll come and help you and then I'm thinking, I don't know what I would do, but I'll try and help him anyway. Yeah. And um, and then he, he was talking about his ministry as was back then. And I said, well, if you need me to come and talk to your pastor, I'll come and talk to him. I said, I don't know what I'll say to him, but I'll come and talk to him for mm -hmm. you. And then he stopped in the middle of the street in Glasgow and said, would you do that for me? Mm -hmm. And I said, of course I will want to help anybody mm -hmm. and so of course I'll do it if, if that's what the Lord says mm -hmm. and that was our beginning mm -hmm. and then um, I came to Waco just for a brief visit um, that was 91 I think 92 the same 93 I came to my first world mandate so they had started Antioch Waco no 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 they, they, had, they had AMI um, okay you know um Antioch International Ministries mm -hmm. back then, mm -hmm. and it was the mission arm to the Baptist Church. Right, and so they had a world mandate when it was just AMI. So, yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. The world mandate it started with uh, Mark Buckner actually, mm -hmm. um, and then Jimmy became the college pastor and he took it over. I think it started eighty nine. It could have started around about then. I think. Wow. Um, and uh, but now my only claim to fame is I've been in more world mandates than Jimmy Seibert. <laughs> yeah, so I haven't told him that. Yeah, yet, but, well, uh, um, because we now have World Mandate West, yes. World Mandate Waco, yeah, World Mandate Mongolia. Really, I go there every year, and World Mandate Russia. We just did the second year of World Mandate Russia, and mm -hmm. um, Irkutsk. And now we have got World Mandate Scotland. It's the only World Mandate I've not been in. Really? Is your own They world just mandate. started it this year. So we're very excited about that. As that well. is amazing. So it's good. Okay, so you met Jimmy. You start coming to Waco. And when did you... Will you tell us a story about Russia and that whole how you got involved with the church plants there? Yeah, well, um, Jimmy asked me to go with him um, in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. And I remember going out there uh, with him and... Uh, we, you know, he introduced me to the church there in, in Irkutsk first and then Ulanu Day. Um, and then somehow or another, I ended up going there every year. He doesn't go every year now. Wow. But we used to go in October when it started to get really cold. Yeah. And uh, so we had some fun with the cold water, you know, and trying to have a shower. Ew. in the cold water and of course I was sharing a room with him yeah so if someone like me was going to have a shot he had, you know so just there was a little bit of <laughs> tension you know, brotherly yeah. competition in <laughs> I that bet, I bet. Um, but uh, everyone could hear us pray in the Holy Spirit wow at shower time because we had to embrace <laughs> very cold because it was so cold so yeah it was all good fun yeah and uh um, yeah, and so I've gone to to the churches in Siberia now for 24 years, mm -hmm. um, which is great. And we've just plant, planted one in the last couple of years, uh, coming up three now in, in, in Moscow. Wow. So it's good. Wow. Okay, so you, you are a part of church plants now. Basically, 
will you tell us what you're doing right now? Because you stepped down from leading your church in Scotland, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I when I was 68, I'm now 70. Uh, <laughs> anyway, praise the Lord for that. Right. Um, and uh, um, I said to the church then that I wasn't going to be their pastor when I'm 70. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were going like that to me a little bit. Um, and uh, so... I said no. Um, I, I'm, I'm gonna go. We're gonna go to the nations. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that meant back then, but um, um, and and I had a plan in my mind, you know, um, that um, you know I had I'd said this to the church, and I have this young man that's being prepared to take over, and my idea was in June last year when I was seventy. I was seventy in August, and. Uh, I was going to hand over to him, and then when it came to August, I was going to be able to stand up in front of the church. That's how the prophetic works. Mm-hmm. God moves in that kind of way. I told you I wouldn't be your pastor when I'm 70, mm-hmm. and here we are. Mm-hmm. We're going to the nations. But God had another idea. Okay. Because back in the late part of 2016, I was praying in Jimmy's office like I do for various different people. Mm -hmm. And during that time, the Lord said, I've opened a portal of favor over the Antioch movement. Wow. And and then, and and as as I heard that from the Lord, he gave me a picture of a river that was narrowing. And when a river narrows, the water gets faster. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I said, what does that mean, Lord? He said, that's going to be the acceleration you're going to see in prayers being answered. Wow. And uh, as I keep saying to people, when you prophesy, you're subject to your own prophecies. So you've got to be careful what you say to people. Mm-hmm. And uh, Elijah was subject to his prophecy. When he said it wasn't going to rain, he his had a little, little brook Cherith dried up as well. Yeah. So... Um, I was subject to this word that I'd received from the Lord, mm-hmm. and the Lord accelerated um, the the start of the new the, the new pastor coming on mm-hmm. by a whole year. Wow! So when I was sixty nine, I handed over to him at the end of August sixty nine, and uh, so he's having a great time. Mm-hmm. Seems a great journey. Young man, 33 years old, very proud of him as a son in the Lord mm-hmm. to see how how he's doing. And then um, going to the nation, still don't know what that meant yeah. for us both. And then um, through Jimmy had been praying at the end of his sabbatical and, and felt he wanted Yvonne and I to come to Waco and spend longer periods of time there. So we went last fall, spent two months. And then, so that we could develop more of the apostolic and the prophetic working together. Mm -hmm. And then we spent a couple of months in the springtime, and then we'll go back this fall and do the same. Mm -hmm. Just to see how things develop. And, and of course, one of the things that makes my heart beat is is ministering to students in training schools. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, as I say, I can't go everywhere to any nation, Mm -hmm. to every nation, but I can send you. Right. 
and I can be part of sending people out. So yeah, um, that's what uh, I seek to do, and encourage the pastors too. Yes, um, young pastors and where they are. That's why I'm here to encourage a young pastor and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Last night, you I found this fascinating. You talked about the fivefold gifting in the church, mm-hmm. and you gave a differentiation between the, the gifts of the Spirit and then the gifts that Jesus gave to men. Is that is that what mm-hmm. it is? And he mm-hmm. talks about that. Will you take us through that? This is like a visual thing, so if you're listening to this podcast, you might want to tune into YouTube to see this, because I thought this was great when you did your hand, and you talked about... Yeah, yeah, well, um, um, Ephesians, uh, sorry, First Corinthians 12, mm-hmm. really, you know, I, I sometimes say, read, read to a Jehovah's Witness. First Corinthians 12, part of it, because it identifies God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Really? And it speaks of the gifts of God the Father, gifts of Christ, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And of course, First Corinthians 12 um, outlines nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then if you go to Romans chapter 12, it outlines the gifts of the Father. Um, and there's nine, seven gifts there. I think it's seven. And uh, and then if you go to Ephesians chapter four verse eleven, you've got the ministry gifts of Christ. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, um, so um, everyone has a motivational gifts a gift. You'll find yourself in Romans twelve. Okay. How do you get that motivational gift anointed and working? Mm-hmm. You start at Romans twelve one. I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your body a living living. sacrifice, which is, think about it, your reasonable, reasonable service of worship. So think about that verse. Everything that you are and everything that you have is inside your body. Mm -hmm. So all that God has made you, and he made you with a motivational gift. Mm -hmm. Are leaders born or are leaders made? Both things are true. Okay. But there are people that are born to lead. Yes. There are people um, with prophetic gifts, but they're doing clairvoyancy today. Mm-hmm. All that that is is an unsubmitted gift to God. Yeah. And so because they're seers, they can see things. Right. They don't always tell the truth, and it leads people into darkness and mm-hmm. bondage. But... There is a gift there that needs to be sanctified and given to God. Mm -hmm. And how you sanctify your gift is you present your body a living sacrifice. And you give everything that you have over to the Lord Mm -hmm. and you let him anoint it. Mm -hmm. Because when I was a little boy, they used to say he's got a sixth sense. About you. He knows things. He knows things. And uh, I would know if someone was coming to the house or if my mum lost something, I would just know where it was at, you know, and stuff like that. And uh, so they thought I was a little bit weird. And (laughs) they they used to give me the nickname, uh, some of my friends, Walter Mitty, because I was a dreamer. Um, I was always dreaming something. And and had imagination Mm -hmm. running wild and, and, and stuff. So... Um, and and I didn't know it was the start of the prophetic gift mm-hmm. and all that it needed because I was always inquisitive about the the supernatural. Though I never ever went to all, into occult stuff and that, but uh, I just wanted to know, mm-hmm. you know. And there was a desire there, and it's the same. 
It's the same, you know. You'll easily find if you want to find leaders born, just go to the, just go to 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 the nursery here, mm-hmm. and you'll see which kids are leading. Yeah, leaders born. Yes. Um, and leaders made. Yeah, we disciple people into leadership mm-hmm. as well. So, um, so that's the motivational gifts. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, one that I love to tell the story. Or honors my mom. She was a giver. You know, I could never go to her house, but she, oh, what can I give you? What mm-hmm. can I, what, what can I give you? You know, and I never ever saw that lady in want. Yes. Because she was such a good giver. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, that was our motivation. Mm-hmm. And she used to fill her fridge up on a Friday and then on a Thursday before she would go to the grocery store again, there would be a couple of poor people sitting in her kitchen. She'd be empty in her fridge, ready to fill it again. Wow. I mean, that was just the kind of person she was. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and and so I learned that. Uh, but, you know, it was her motivational gift. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, people were all motivated differently. Mm-hmm. And we just need to recognize we're giftings. Mm-hmm. And the gifts of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Well, um, we have nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. People say, oh, I can only have one. I said, who told you that? Yeah. That's a load of rubbish. Yeah. I said, there's nine there. Where does the Holy Spirit live? Yeah. He lives inside you. Well, if the Holy Spirit lives inside you, where is his, is his nine gifts then? Inside you. And the Holy Spirit, um, you know, they're manifest as the Holy Spirit wants them to be manifest mm-hmm. in and through our lives. If you need a word of knowledge for you know, it'll be there. Mm-hmm. You'll give one. It give you one. Mm-hmm. If you need to go trade, well, I'm going to go, Lord. Where do you want us to go on outreach? Well, go to Walmart. You know, I always remember being in in Oklahoma, and I was telling them sto- talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and I would always use Walmart. You see, and then there was this one guy there, and I'd prophesied over him, and I'd kind of told him a few things that were happening in his life, and um, so he is just you know, what's going on mm-hmm. here, you know? So he went home and he has a dream and he dreamt that he had walked into Walmart. There's a black lady with a red top on and she was standing there looking in the basket and looking in her purse and realized she hadn't enough money to pay for the groceries. Gets up, it's the middle of the night, puts money in his pocket. Wow. He goes to Walmart, he walks in, there's a lady dressed with a red top, uh-uh. and she's looking in her purse because she doesn't have money. Hands over the money. Wow. Walks out, goes home, and then he walks in his front door and falls out in the spirit, and he slept for about 24 <laughs> hours. No, I don't know that. I don't know about all that part of it, but mm-hmm. I know that it was just the way that God used them. Mm-hmm. Um, and gifts of the spirit, they're mm-hmm. there for us to be, to be, to be used. God... The Holy Spirit wants to motivate us to use these gifts yeah. for the good of man. I really like what you're saying because it takes away the excuses some of us can make, myself included, of, well, I'm just not gifted that way. But yeah. what you're saying is Holy Spirit's there. he's gifted that way, and so I need to get just, out of the way. We just need to present our body. I love it. Lord, I submit to you. What do you want me to do? Yes. And how do you want me to do it? Mm-hmm. And um, and I, and I'm always amazed what God does mm-hmm. in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, we, as, as I love to say, you've got the gifts of the Spirit. And then um, what the Apostle Paul does, he then puts in between 
1 um, Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14, you've got the love chapter mm-hmm. in the Bible. Now, I always say this, that love chapter wasn't put in the Bible so that us pastors would have a nice scripture to read at a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> I've used it at a wedding, and it's great it's a great to use wedding, it at a yeah. wedding. Of course it is, because it's a love chapter. Yes. But the context of the love chapter is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Because the gifts of the Holy Spirit used outside of the love of God cannot be God because your Bible says the same as my Bible. God is love. Love. Mm-hmm. And and that's what Paul does. And then what Paul does, he takes prophecy out of chapter 12. Mm-hmm. He dips it into chapter 13. And he takes love and prophecy and puts them together in chapter 14. And it starts, pursue love yeah. and desire spiritual gifts. Yes. Because... We can't operate in spiritual gifts outside of the love of God. Yeah. Because it can hurt people. Right. And, um, and you know, and, well, it's all about the, you know, chapter 14 is all about the prophetic and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's a great chapter to read and yes. minister out of. And then, of course, you come to the gifts of Christ. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. Mm -hmm. And it's some are. Some are. I come across a lot of people that say they are, but I can't see it manifest in their life. Mm -hmm. I have people tell me they're apostolic. Well, I can't find church planting in their, you know, or... You know, it's just not yeah. there in their lives. So yeah. I don't know if you can be apostolic and not plant churches. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll tell me they're apostolic, prophetic. And I'll be asking them about the prophetic words they've had that they could testify to. Oh, I don't have any. Well, don't call yourself that until you do. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's it's like the apostolic and the prophetic. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20, that the foundations is laid by the apostle and prophet. Mm-hmm. So I love to say this in America, but senior pastor is not in your Bible. Yeah. We um, talked about and, this last um, night too. And that's, ah, yeah. you know. But um, so it's apostolic. The church needs to be apostolically and prophetically led. Hmm. And I can take you back to where I live and you'll find that we're worshiping in a building that was built in 1843. We can tell you the prophetic words they had wow. to build this building. But then by the end of the time, there's no Christian witness in the place. Mm-hmm. And then it closes. Mm-hmm. And now it's reopened because prophetically God spoke us, to us about it. And we're seeing God starting to to use this place again. And many churches in Britain have turned into pubs, clubs, and all this other, you know, apartments and everything, and they're lost to the Christian community. Mm -hmm. So so we, we, we need the prophetic. We need the apostolic for the foundation laying. Mm -hmm. It says in Ezra chapter 6 that the prophets Haggai and Zechariah, they were were with the people building. Mm -hmm. And that's what prophets need to understand more than anything. They need to be in the local church, 
building alongside the people. What is a prophet supposed to do? He's there to encourage. Mm -hmm. And that's the key part of his ministry, really. And if you encourage people, they will build with you. That's so cool. And uh, and so um, we use the fivefold. We use the hand, and um, you know we use the thumb. We think about the 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 apostle, mm -hmm. and then the, the 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 index finger, the pointing out is the prophet, mm -hmm. and then the middle finger, the one that juts out most, in most of our hands anyway, is yeah. the evangelist. He's out there mm -hmm. trying to win people. And then the one with the, the, the ring finger, the covenant finger, is the pastor mm -hmm. and his relationship with the people. And then the small little finger, and we liken to the teacher mm -hmm. um, and teaching the Word of God. And what we like to, you know, as we, we look at that picture of the hand, then you'll find that the apostle, mm -hmm. you know, the church planter, when he starts out in his ministry, he usually touches all these. It's the only finger that can touch all the other ministries, mm -hmm. if you like. So someone that's that's um, going to become an apostle will have touched every one of those ministries as they seek to build. That's how I would see it. When you say when they will touch, what do you, what do you mean? They will operate well, in those giftings? they'll be doing a bit of evangelism. Yep. They'll have to pastor the little group, that the, mm -hmm. their life group, home, mm -hmm. home group, um, whatever. I mean, I was just being at Andrew's uh, house mm -hmm. just now. He said, that's the front room where the church started. Yes. You know? Yes. So he would have had to do some pastoring. Yep. He's to do some teaching. Mm -hmm. You know, he's had to have some prophetic words mm -hmm. about, you know, even coming here yeah. and stuff. God speaking to him. And, um, and now he's laying a foundation. Mm -hmm. um, apostolically, it's so, um, cool. so um, that is so important for mm -hmm. it. But we can't just take titles like that. Right. I never used to call myself a prophet. I do now because I have a little bit more revelation of things, mm -hmm. um, and I think it's important. Mm -hmm. um, but um, 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 it's for other ministries that you know and love to start to recognize these gifts within you mm -hmm. and then i remember when we had planted three churches this friend of mine derek brown said now at the next conference we're going to recognize the apostolic aspect of your ministry mm -hmm. you know um now it's not my main one mm -hmm. but when i'm back in scotland you know that i've proved it to be true the scripture the prophet is without honor in his own country yeah. I don't do a lot of ministry around Scotland. I do yeah. some, yeah. but not a lot. Yeah. But uh, when I'm out and about, it's mainly uh, the prophetic that I'm operating in. It's so amazing. And I love you. Last night you mentioned one of the things you're doing with the Antioch movement or the thing that's on your heart is helping equip churches around the movement with the apostolic and the prophetic working together. Yeah, yeah. That's what we want to see. And part of my vision at the moment that's something that's been on my heart for a long time is that the Antioch movement, there's now over 40 churches mm -hmm. in the States. We've got churches in Seattle, churches in Boston, churches mm -hmm. in Houston, churches in Florida, churches in San Diego, mm -hmm. and right down the middle of the, of the nation too. And um, surely 
we've got a prophetic voice for yeah. this nation. Yeah. And uh, so I want to find those that are uh, prophetically encouraged. I'm not calling them prophets yet, but I want to find out who they are mm -hmm. and encourage them to become the prophetic voices and so that we can come together, say at the end of a year, mm -hmm. and say, what is God saying through the Antioch movement to the nation of America? If we can start there, mm -hmm. we we'll might go to the nations of the world. It's so cool. And that would be just so cool. Yeah. this I just love hearing that, um, just how the Lord's gifted you and brought you into the movement and then had you be kind of like a father of it and now is... That you're just being faithful. It's amazing. That's it. Just do what you're called to do and mm -hmm. God can do the rest. Mm -hmm. I think we could probably go on for hours, but um, I I just hope that anyone listening who's who's been just hearing all these things, there might be new terms or new things. And I think that what you've been saying all along, Joe, just to go read your Bible is probably the most mm. helpful. <laughs> if you're confused about terms, the Lord will explain it and... Um, Man, it just makes me want to go study stuff too. So thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. So much. Will you pray for our church and for the people listening, just whatever's on your heart, and that, that we would begin to operate in all the gifts that are available to us? Amen. Yeah. So, Father, we, we thank you for Antioch, Indianapolis, Lord, mm -hmm. in Jesus' name. And, Father God, I just want to thank you for the youthful zeal Mm -hmm. And I pray that the useful zeal will be the zeal of the Lord of hosts. Yes. It would be the zeal of the Lord of heaven's armies, that we will see a work um, grow, we'll see a work established, we'll see a work flourish mm -hmm. in this city mm -hmm. at this time. And I pray for those in the congregation. And I'm praying for you, Vivian, whoever you are, mm -hmm. but just with the questions that you've had, the difficulty that you've had, and just really trying to put things together. As you can trust the Lord in this season mm -hmm. because God is going to do something fresh in your life, and you're just about to turn a corner. And I pray for the grace of God in and over who you are today mm -hmm. in Jesus name and you Jake you've been like a little wanderer you're a big guy actually but you've been wandering a little bit around and wondering what on earth am I going to do with my life if you would submit back again to the Lord and with all your heart you'll be amazed what God will do in you and do through you mm -hmm. and there are many more of you out there and maybe you've come from other places we bless the places that you've come for, from mm -hmm. but we just ask that you as you would embrace the vision because we have a vision for the nations mm -hmm. and we need you in this nation and we need you in the nations of the world mm -hmm. god is doing something amazing and the Antioch Indianapolis has got a major um, part to play in all that our Heavenly Father is doing. Yeah. And my encouragement as an old uh, seaman is get on board. Mm -hmm. Get on board with what God is doing and enter into the, the, the adventure of your life. Mm -hmm. And I pray that grace and anointing over you today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Joe. This was awesome. 
And for everybody else, we will see you next week. We have more podcasts coming out for you, so make sure to tune in next week.